Hi, it's Phil Brown, and I'm here with David Whelan, and today we're going to talk about routers and modems. The hardware that connects you to the internet uh, is probably something that you have set up and forgotten about and is probably ca- uh, gathering dust, uh, but it's worth knowing what you have between you and the internet, uh, in part because it helps you to understand how you're connecting, uh, but also where you might have some uh, things you need to be thinking about in order to protect your uh, law firm from uh, access uh, from the internet. And, and most uh, of the at least home systems these days combine routers and modems in a single device. But let's just talk a bit for a second about the distinction between a modem and a router. Right. The modem is the uh, communication device. And in the good old days, you always heard that little in the background uh, when it connected. And that's still going on. You just don't hear it any longer. Uh, you can connect your computer directly into your modem and connect to the internet and, and, and be perfectly fine. And in fact, that's what a lot of people do when they use a rocket stick or something like that. It's really just a, a data connection uh, over the, over the, uh, the wireless network into the internet. And it's connecting you to your internet service provider. That's what's on the other end. Right. There should be a wire coming out of your wall. Uh, it could be your phone line. It could be your cable uh, connect, connection. Uh, and that connects into your modem. And then that modem then provides access to whatever you connect to it. And that's where the router comes in because the router is the network component inside your office or inside your home uh, that allows you to connect lots of other devices. Your printers, uh, your uh, tablets, your laptops, your desktops can all connect to other wires that then connect into the router and the router then helps uh, your information go backwards and forwards. Right. So the router is that networking device within your home network or your business network. Right, because the, the router does exactly what it says it does. It's, it routes uh, information. When you send a picture or a document uh, across a network, whether you're sending it to a printer inside your office or you're sending an email to someone uh, in a court, uh, that information is being broken up into little chunks called packets, and all the packets are exactly the same size. So depending on how big the file you're sending, uh, you may be sending more or fewer packets, but you're still sending all of these packets and each of those packets has to go from your computer to the other computer. And the only way you can do it is by going through a router, uh, a router on your network that then sends it out to another router out onto the Internet and over many, many, many other routers until it gets to its destination. And all of your packets won't necessarily go to the same routers, but they'll all start with yours. So you need to have a router on your network in order to help you to to send and, and then also to receive information. And routers do a lot of different things in terms of timing and determining what order to send things in, and, and uh, what to accept as well. Exactly. The, the router uh, is uh, a smart device. It's not just a piece of plastic uh, that receives calls or sends calls, and, and the modem isn't either. I think what's, one of the interesting things for lawyers is that both of these uh, devices uh, will have a web interface on them so that you can plug your laptop or you can plug your computer into your modem, you can plug it into your router, uh, and there will be instructions on how you can access this, hopefully, password-protected interface, uh, which allows you to then configure um, the software that is running, uh, and it's called firmware, but the software that's running on these devices. And we have talked uh, in other podcasts about uh, setting things up, and hopefully the first thing everyone does with their business router modem uh, and their home uh, network as well is to change their passwords and change the administrative sign-in so that other people can't log into that device. If you haven't done that, then just Google the name of your uh, router or the name of your modem 
uh, an admin password, uh, and it will tell you what the admin password is uh, for your device, and you can go ahead and change that. But you really, uh, you really should change that. There's some other nice features on uh, routers, in particular, less so on modems. Um, although if they're combined, then you do get all the features together. Uh, but there are things like you can control uh, the time of day that uh, um, that uh, the the router. Um, emphasizes certain kinds of traffic over others. This is really useful in a home, for example, if you have uh, kids or something who are, are playing games uh, that may be dragging down on your ability to do uh, your work. You can actually uh, say, you know what, I only want this kind of traffic to be um, uh, allowed or to be emphasized over this period, and I want this other kind of traffic to be throttled. So you can really uh, do some interesting controls to make sure that the hardware is tuned to how you do your work. And again, as you said, uh, you would. There's an internet. Uh, there's an interface for your web browser. Uh, your router or modem has a uh, distinct uh, and unique IP address or MAC address uh, that you would put into a browser that usually starts 192 or 196 or something like that. You sign into that device. You put in your password and the and the, the admin ID, uh, and then you can get into a number of different functions that you can adjust yourself. Right. The trick you have to, uh, or the thing you have to keep in mind, really, is that if it's connected to the Internet so that you can get out to the Internet, whether it's your modem or it's your router, that means that someone on the outside can get back into those devices as well unless you've secured them because anything that's connected to the Internet is going to have uh, a two-way connection. So that's why it's really important to get in there and and to uh, first just put that very, very basic uh, protection on there. Uh, But then, again, to really think about what else can I control in there, do I want to limit by, as you say, the MAC address? And MAC not meaning Macintosh computers, but uh, it's a um, media access control is what MAC right. stands for. Um, and so it allows you to say, well, I only want devices with these Macs to use uh, this network. So uh, uh, one of my favorite stories about my uh, uh, about wireless and, and other networks is uh, um, you could go to a, a police department in Chesapeake uh, uh, in, in, in Maryland, and uh, there'd be cars parked out in front of the cops. And uh, it was people who'd gone to the coffee shop next door and uh, gotten a coffee and then gotten back in their cars, but the police had not secured their wireless. So they'd get their coffee, they'd go sit in their cars, and they'd use the free Wi-Fi through the, uh, the cop shop because the, the police hadn't bothered to secure. Uh, they'd probably secured the actual um, access point, so you couldn't get in to make changes to the device. Uh, but they hadn't actually protected who could use who could use that network. And you'll often see that if you're looking at a, a network outside, um, you'll see the name of the network, and then there might be three or four other networks, some of which have that little lock beside them uh, indicating uh, that they're secure, at least partially secure, um, and some are wide open. Right. The uh, An interesting thing has happened recently where there are some uh, – uh, there have always been hackers who have gone out and tried to attack routers because if you can take control of the router, then you can take control of all the information that passes through it. So if you think, for example, about how you connect to the uh, your bank – and you log into a secure uh, portal on your bank, and you're sending information, that information uh, is traveling through your router. And so anybody who can watch what's going on on your router can also access that information. So the hackers have been very good about getting in and leaving software on routers that are unprotected, routers that are old. um, And there have been uh, counter groups coming out and attacking routers to patch them, to fix them, so that uh, routers that have been left unattended are, are, are being proactively approved by so-called uh, white hat hackers. Although I don't think you want to be in the case where you have anybody messing around on your modem or your router. No. And we've talked uh, before about uh, 
these devices having a limited lifespan. Right. And one of the reasons they have a limited lifespan is because um, a number of the components are made by various third parties. And uh, the firmware itself, which you briefly mentioned, has not been updated and made more secure. Uh, but there's a few fixes for that. Yes. If you buy enterprise or business-level hardware, uh, like Cisco, uh, then you're usually going to be in a position where you can uh, get your hardware upgraded on a regular basis. Uh, patches will come out for the software, things like that. If you're buying uh, a router or a modem from uh, Best Buy, or if you're even getting it from your ISP, there's a really good chance that when it came out, that was the last time anybody thought about it, and it hasn't been updated. The software on it hasn't been updated, and no one is watching to see whether uh, your device is actually um, is working as fast as it could, is as secure as it could, and all that. So if you're buying consumer-grade uh, products, the best thing to do is plan after about a year or so to just throw it away and get another one. Um, but if you uh, have the opportunity, and you should check before you throw it in the trash, uh, see if you can upgrade your firmware. And uh, the first best choice really is to find out if I've got a Linksys um, a router or if I've got a Speedtel modem, um, do those companies themselves have firmware that I can download and apply? And it really is, it's, it's pretty easy. You, you download, you log into your web interface on the device and you tell it where to, to find the downloaded file and it will take care of the rest of it. And then there are a number of uh, sort of uh, open source uh, firmwares available for Linksys and, and for some of the other uh, well-known devices like uh, DDWRT is one, uh, Tomato is another, Gargoyle is another, and they're either freeware uh, or partially freeware, um, and uh, they enable you to update that firmware and do a number of things that you might not be able to do with the firmware that the device comes with. Yes. I use DDWRT in part because I think it's it's got some... It's got benefits beyond the firmware that came with my Linksys uh, router. Uh, but as you say, it, it, what it does is it extends the capability of the software or the firmware uh, that's on your device. So if you get to the point where you've got a device that the is no longer being supported by Linksys or whatever the company is who, uh, who sold it or, or made it, um, you can look to see if you can use Tomato or Gargoyle or DDWRT on your uh, router, and that will extend the life of it. And it will also give you access to a community that is updating uh, that software and is looking for uh, the security holes and the efficiency holes uh, that otherwise might not appear. That's our brief look at routers and modems. Thanks, Thanks David. <laughs>